This is Paul. And this is Wayne. So, Paul. Yes, sir. Something happened this week that uh, I feel like has changed our lives. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, first I thought your father was, uh, you know, <laughs> just, just, you know, you know, uh, ringing my bell. I just thought that, you know, he was, uh, you know, giving me some heat. But then I realized that he was actually letting me know that he's my secret father. <laughs> Is that what he was doing? That's what he was doing. I, uh, I you know, I, I, Paul and I share the Instagram feed for IOM Geek, and uh, that's at IOM Geek on Instagram. And I posted an article about Lovecraft. Uh, I was, I, I was, I am reading this week a short story, uh, short story anthology called Lovecraft's Monsters. And reading the description of the Deep Ones, I realized that Marina from Alpha Flight by John Byrne is a deep one. And so I posted this to Instagram complete with a picture. And on Facebook, Mr. Paul Aponte, not to be confused with Polly Aponte, uh, said, I have been a fan of Lovecraft since before, wait for it, you were a tickle in my pickle. <laughs> oh. And, uh, you know, he directed this at me and I, and I, I thought for a moment, you know, man, you know, this is, this is his revenge for all the Paul's mom jokes, but no, no, this is, this is Paul Aponte senior letting me know he's my secret dad. So Paul, I don't think that's what he was going for. I think that's what he was saying, Paul. I think that's what he's saying. So it really abuses me that this came up this week because I have, uh, so Tim, who hasn't been on the show in quite a while, is in a online D&D game that I run every other Monday. And this past Monday, my uh, connection dropped and I came back on. And Tim's like, OK, good. We thought Paul's dad had finally found you and got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, Aaron's like, uh, you're, he, he texts me. And he goes, well, first of all, my dad comments, comments on every single everything, right? Um, on, on <laughs> I love I, that about your dad. I love <laughs> oh, that do you? I'm glad, I'm I'm glad you do. I love that about our dad. <laughs> our dad, about <laughs> our father. Um, and, uh, you know, and, you know he, I think he assumes it's always me. But, you know, I think when it comes to the Instagram slash Facebook stuff, uh, it is primarily Aaron. And so I see sometimes, you know, posts like, oh, you know, hey, you know. You're scratching me right where I edge, son. Like he did refer to you as son this week in uh -huh. one of those, in yeah. one of his comments. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think he assumes <laughs> it's always me. And you know, Aaron texts me. He's like, "Your father's use of tickle in my pickle disturbs me." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh no, I'm just gonna go drive my car off a bridge right now." <laughs> oh, what uh, a phrase! That's... Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know. would you would you please let Big Paul know that? Uh, I, I need to talk to him about some uh, back due uh, allowance. You know? <laughs> I'll let him know. <laughs> He's going to say, wait, good, wait. I need someone to mow the lawn. You know, it, it, it amuses me, Wayne, that you brought Tim up because I last night I had a dream in which all of our ManCon guys are, are, are in this room and, you know, we're, we're talking and catching up and whatnot. And I'm trying to put together a ManCon schedule. And in my head, as I'm talking to Wade about, hey man, can you uh, can, can can you you know scrape together a weekend to do ManCon? 
as I'm asking him this question, I'm having this other thought in my head going, why don't we just do ManCon now? We're all here. But that wasn't part of the dream. <laughs> so I, I ask him this and, you know, Wade's getting excited as Wade does. And all of a sudden the, the doors open up and all these hookers come in, all these women come in and, 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 and Tim says, okay, who invited the hookers? And everyone, everyone turns and looks at Paul. <laughs> you know, and then, I, and then I woke up. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you bring this up, Aaron. It's funny that we're having this conversation because, you know, there, there was the whole big Jeopardy news this week that, you know, executive producer Mike Richards basically hired himself to be the new host of Jeopardy. Uh-huh. And uh, it was discovered that he had said some some not nice things, um, you right. know, some rather derogatory things, you know, years ago on a podcast. Uh oh. Uh oh. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll never host Jeopardy. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, particularly with with our deep, rich history of comments around opposite gender clones. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that right there gets us barred from most things. I mean, well, yeah, the only thing that we're qualified to do is be president of the United States. <laughs> exactly. I, I had hope that that was in my future, but apparently, I mean, I feel like the host of Jeopardy is paid more. So I was hoping uh-huh. for that job. Nope. Now what? it's out. Now, now it's out of reach. I guess we could we could have a couple of hot takes this week about uh, Tim Drake coming out as bi and uh, the rumors that uh, Jonathan Kent is going to be gay. You know, we, we have could, some hot takes about that. We could, but it'll come back to haunt us in in eight years. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think things are hot <laughs> enough right now that it'd come back to haunt us right now. Fair. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is what happens when you have a popular podcast. <laughs> that things yeah. come back to haunt you. Fair, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> that might be okay. <laughs> it's, it's just what happens when you do something to put yourself in the spotlight. So, you know, you if you become famous, Paul, it doesn't matter if the podcast was popular or not. They'll go look for it. Oh, no. I'll, I'll, I'll remove it. I will remove it entirely. Like, it's like that's a internet, thing. Like, I'll just click Paul, it. Yeah. It's on the internet. You know. you know, sometimes, you know, it is funny because uh, it's funny you mentioned that because you can actually find the old Ideology of Madness website in some like web archive somewhere. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's, 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 here's the thing. It's very exciting because I find it and I'm like, oh, I remember that graphic or I remember that file and I go to save mm-hmm. it and it's like, oh, the archive is just the homepage, not, right. not the subpages. Yeah, it's the, and it, largely it's the preview page, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. it's, it's like the, uh, the, the above the line stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Disappoint me, web. Yeah, Jesus. stupid web. Who needs? But it? don't, 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 don't. Uh, you know, be surprised, or you know, because it, had you said something terrible, the entire <laughs> it would thing have been found. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the that's the article that got saved. Yeah. Well, what horrible things can you guys say about Superman and Lois's season finale this week? You know, I gotta say, a fifteen episode season. Um, that I I felt solid that there were three season finales across that that 15 episode series yeah i am i am so incredibly satisfied with the entirety of that series except for one episode which wayne and i have talked about in detail uh i am so incredibly satisfied with the entire season it could not come back 
and I would be satisfied. This season had a complete beginning, middle, and end. Teases some nice stuff for next season, but it was really a perfect television show in most regards. Yeah, I, they, I, I can't get over how good it is. One of the things I talk about frequently is that writers have a problem telling a Superman story because they like to just give something bigger, stronger form to punch. Right. And this show managed to give him something to physically fight without having to weaken him, mm-hmm. as well as really hit the what makes a great Superman story. Stakes that are outside of the punchy stuff. Yeah. You know, something Family. that, yeah, yeah, he can't save everyone, but he's Superman, so he's going to save everyone. Those are the best Superman stories. I There were so many opportunities for this season to go off the rails and become a CW teen show, and it never did except for one episode. And I was so thrilled that uh, it never it never dumbed things down to make it you know, what the CW typically is. I was, I was so excited for all the storylines, you know, yeah. for, for Jordan and Jonathan and Lois and Clark. I, I just, I loved it. And, you know, it, it, I, it occurred to me today, I finished watching the, uh, the finale this morning. Uh, it occurred to me today that the show doesn't have the right name. It's called Superman and Lois, but what it really should be is Superman and Lois and Jonathan and Jordan. Because it is about those four, not just about Superman and Lois. I mean, they share the screen. And I generally cannot stand young actors. But these two kids have a tremendous amount of charisma on the screen. They're very sympathetic. And there is very little about them that annoys me. When the the show started and you had the very emo son and the very jock son, I thought they were going to play to those stereotypes. And they absolutely have not. In fact, I was thrilled that in the season finale the fact that jordan's emo nature from when the show started played back in it was a full arc over to that i i was i am i am just completely jazzed about the character stories and the drama in the show Uh, there's really nothing here not to like well and when you look at characters the background characters got full arcs yeah, you know, Lana had an arc. Her husband had an arc, and uh, John Henry Irons. Yeah, they well, and, nailed that character. He had an incredible arc. And for a guy who was so convincingly the villain in the first what six episodes, and then he emerges to be uh, a hero. You know, I was just like, wow, this this show is really surprising me. There is there are a lot of things that happen in the writing of this show and the telling of the story in this show that are just out of the out of the blue. That are just terrific ideas. They it, I, I marvel at the fact that they produced 15 episodes of primetime network television. Only one episode I felt like wasn't up to snuff. Everything else is incredibly watchable. And here's the thing. A lot of premium television doesn't achieve that. You know, think about your Star Trek shows. There are many (laughs) shows uh, in the uh, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, even the current run of Picard and Discovery that don't stick the landing on even the majority of their episodes in the first season. I am impressed at the strength of this writer's room. Yeah, I was torn on one thing. And it was the fact that they never called in Supergirl. 
Yeah, I'm and I don't about, understand that. Yeah, I, I'm I, glad about it from the standpoint of I don't want it tied to that because that show got really horrible. Right. But on the other standpoint, if it's established they're the same world and having Diggle show up did establish yeah. that, then it makes no sense whatsoever that he doesn't even mention her. Yeah, that there's a war on Kryptonians. Why isn't Supergirl engaged? Yeah, and you know? why isn't the DEO? That their, their job is supposed to be, you know, the, the group that Supergirl worked for, their job is supposed to be dealing with aliens. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a, a storytelling uh, error or, you know, a, uh, a weakness, but it did not diminish my enjoyment of the show. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I so didn't want her to show up, but it just... Yeah. Being in the world, there was a glaring omission that she's yeah. not mentioned. Well, I did, you know, th there is this moment in, I guess it's the second to the last episode where they're kind of saddling up and, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's everyone's roles. And I thought Lois was going to say, we need to call in some help. And I was like, oh, okay. So I guess we, we are, this is where we get Supergirl. And no, she didn't ride for that. She's like, I'm going to do a thing. You're going to do a thing. Here's what Jonathan, here's what Jordan. Yeah. Here's what Jonathan's going to do. Uh, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed that, uh, you know, Lois was kind of the captain of the team, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I, I know I've said this before when Wayne have talked about it, when Wayne and I have talked about it, but, uh, I did not start off this show liking uh, the actors who play Lois and Superman. Love them. And she she has some just terrific moments in the season and in particularly the last three episodes. Good stuff. Really I, good you know, stuff. I, I do plan now that it's all done. I plan to, to, you know, I've got until season two to get caught up. No commercials, no wait no waiting you know for the delays COVID delays week you know week yeah. over week those types of things so i will you know I, I will definitely give it a watch because i didn't all i've seen at this point is the first episode yeah you know it's interesting because dc you know it sounds like dc's doing so right by that show but there was an interesting announcement this week um that, so in it, first of all we you know we, we we know that batgirl and blue beetle are both coming to hbo max as movies and so, you know, we, they've already cast Batgirl. You know, we know J.K. Simmons is reprising his role as Commissioner Gordon for Batgirl. Um, we know that the lead actor from uh, Cobra Kai will be playing uh, Jaime Reyes in Blue Beetle. And that, both of those, I'm, I'm set. No complaints. Um, Black Canary was announced <laughs> uh, this week as coming to HBO Max uh, from the creator of Lovecraft Country, Misha Green. Uh, which, you know, in, in and of itself, no problem. However, um, they have cast the, the actress who played Black Canary in Birds of Prey. So this is basically a spinoff of the Birds of Prey movie. And I find that an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I uh, had not seen Birds of Prey. Oh. And after having watched The Suicide Squad and enjoyed it so much, I'm like, well, I'll go give that a shot. You know, Margot Robbie's in it. I like Margot Yeah, Robbie. I plan on watching it because I watched The yeah. the Suicide Squad. I haven't yeah. watched it yet, though. Well, I turned it on, and I forgot the reason why I didn't see it in theaters was that uh, uh, Rosie Perez is in it playing uh, Montoya. Uh, Montoya. And, you know, here's the thing. I deeply love the character of Renee Montoya. Love her her she's a badass character love her on the other hand i cannot ab 
defied Rosie <laughs> Perez. I mean, I, I, there is nothing I've ever seen her in that I that I like her in. I she there she has a twang to her voice that drives me up the fucking wall. Um, and I mean, I, I was watching it, and you know, the, the show starts off. It's real heavy with Harley Quinn at the at, at the first, and then all of a sudden it, it transitions to a lot of Rosie Perez. And I got five minutes into Rosie Perez and said, "Can't watch it." <laughs> <laughs> it is. So um, I have. I still haven't finished watching Bird of Prey, and I don't think I'm gonna. It, it got very positive reviews, but I will say, you know, I saw it when they first because it, it came out right before COVID and movie theater mm-hmm. shut down, so it came to on demand really quickly. Right. And so I hopped on it when it, you know, first came out on demand. And um, I really, it was very mediocre. Um, you know, for, for all the great reviews, perhaps they had, you know, I thought it didn't look good, but all the reviews, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe just bad advertising. Uh, but no, no. I mean, the movie was basically <laughs> what I thought it was going to be, and I just didn't care for it, which is a shame because, you know, I love the, I love the cast of characters. And for the most part, I like some of those actresses, I, you know, um, the actress who plays the Huntress and the character of the Huntress, I, I enjoy. I love Renee Montoya. I love you know um, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. But yeah. that movie just it doesn't jive. Now that being said, it's, uh, 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 it's almost kind of like the reverse law of diminishing returns because Suicide Squad was the worst, and then Birds of Prey is better, and then the Suicide Squad is the best. But <laughs> you know that being said, I don't know that any of them were successful enough to warrant thinking that Black Canary um would would make you know good business sense but that's what that's what warner brothers is doing investing in that hbo max uh black canary movie yeah i had kind of heard that the uh the birds of prey one basically takes all these characters that i love and uses their names while not actually being any of those characters (laughs) i think that's a fair assessment honestly i mean for for now yeah i would say that's a fair assessment on some of them uh, for the mo- I mean, I'd say some of them are relatively true to their characters, like the Huntress, like Harley Quinn, like Montoya. But I think the rest are Black Canary, especially is like Black Canary in name only. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think is it Cassandra Kane? Yeah, Cassandra Kane yeah. is, is the biggest offender because that is Cassandra Kane in name only. That's like, hey, you know the name, so you're gonna like this, even though that's literally not Cassandra Kane. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I find it interesting. But regardless, despite the fact that uh, Black Canary is an odd announcement for me, I'm I'm psyched about Blue Beetle. I think the guy they cast is perfect. Yeah, um, I, I think he is too. Off the top I of like head. him from Cobra Kai. Yeah, but he's he's great in Cobra Kai. He's, he's, he's got he's, he has a terrific screen presence on uh, Cobra Kai. And I think he, he's got the the necessary likability to be uh, uh, Blue Beetle. So. Now, the I'm question is, will Ted Cord be in it, and who will be playing Ted Cord? God, I hope so. Because yeah, that's my so. issue with the... Uh, I never liked the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle, because I don't like like the costume, the alien... Uh, like, basically, it, it being Venom, essentially. Yeah. I've never liked that. If, if he would have been a Blue Beetle just taking on, like, gadgets or something, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. I just... I've never liked the character. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, I like Jaime Reyes, uh, and I am uh, I, I, I'm I'm hopeful that this winds up being a good thing, and that there's a Ted Cord character in yeah. the in the show. I imagine there will be because DC's big on legacy. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Have either of you guys watched any of uh, the new season of Titans? Not yet. I forgot. No. I forgot it was. It, 
it is badass. Yeah. I haven't seen the fourth episode yet, but I've I've seen the first three. It starts with a bang. I was stunned at uh, I hadn't I I don't generally read the press on TV shows that I'm going to watch because I don't want to get spoiled, uh, and so I was stunned at what happened in the first episode in the first moments of the first episode. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm very much enjoying the storytelling there well, I, and I, a I lot more it. Connor this season and crypto. Okay. I still haven't made it past like episode one of season two. <laughs> I, I never actually finished season two, but I don't think I need to. <laughs> I, don't I actually I, was wondering that. Could I just jump to the season? I think you can. Uh, but I, I, I think, I, there are some things that I liked about season two mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, you know, when I went back and rewatched it, you know, uh, to catch up, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, I, I think there's some things there to like. But, yeah, I think you could skip right into season three. Yeah, yeah I think I should have just skipped season one because I hated season one. <laughs> season two, it, 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 season two was better than season one. And it sounds like season three is off to a good start. It is. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I am very much enjoying it. I have some questions, but I'll save those until you guys have watched an episode or three. Okay. Well, you know, speaking of TV shows, have you guys seen uh, the first two episodes of What If? Yes, I have. So I, what are your thoughts? It's, it, well, number one, the animation is gorgeous. It's almost like they've rotoscoped it. It is just gorgeous. It is very, I interesting, love the style. And very interesting animation style. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of a video game. But it, like in a good way, um, yeah. You know, like uh, like I know typically people are like when people say it reminds me of a video game cutscene. It's not a positive comment. But <laughs> I, you know, in this case, I actually, especially in the second episode, even more so than the first, yeah. I kind of got that like video game cell shaded um, vibe to it. I like the second episode way more than the first one. I will say I love I didn't uh, love the first. Oh, I did. I really enjoyed the first. For me, I thought that was a lot of fun. I, I, you know, I loved the idea. It just felt like it didn't have enough time to breathe for me. Um, well, that's true of a lot of what if comic yeah. book stories, well, right? Fair. Yeah, I have my biggest complaint about the show is the voice for the Watcher. I, I, and you know, you had sent a text about that. Doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I, I don't. It's like nothing against the guy doing the voice. I think that you know he's a fine voice actor. It's just that. That's not a voice I can associate with the Watcher. I don't want the voice, admittedly, but it doesn't. I mean, it's only an intro, and thankfully, with the second episode, you can skip the intro, so it doesn't bother me too much because it's really just kind of like your Rod Serling uh, introducing the show. So I suspect I suspect that anybody listening to our show right now knows what What If is, but if you're that one person who doesn't, uh, What If. Uh, is a series of comic books from Marvel Comics that asks the questions, you know, you know, you know what happened in this story, but what if something else happened? And that is the theme of this television show, very much in the model of the Marvel Comics series, where Uatu the Watcher is setting up the story and letting it unfold for you. So in the first episode, it was what if Peggy Carter got the powers of Captain America instead of Steve Rogers. And in the second episode, it was what if T'Challa, the Black Panther, became the Star-Lord. Yeah, one thing I've noticed with the first two episodes, and I hope this isn't the case with all of them, everything in the world seems 100% better because of the shifts. So Peggy Carter is able to get the Tesseract right away, and it shifts things, you know. Uh, T'Challa basically 
becomes this force of peace and everything is so much better. And, and prevents wanna... it prevents Thanos from, you know, committing genocide. Exactly. And I well, those are those are good stories, but I don't want the entire season to be like that. I disagree I wanna... with your interpretation. Uh okay. the in the first episode with Peggy Carter, even though she does the same thing uh, Steve Rogers does, she defeats the Red Skull, right? But still winds up getting pushed into the future. She arrives uh, on the other side of things and things aren't improved. They're just, in fact, you know, she's going to be joining the Avengers initiative. Uh, it sets up the beginning. So it, do it doesn't show a hundred percent improvement. Um, in the second episode, while yeah, things seem happier and brighter, the very end of that episode, spoilers, is that it looks like it's going to result in the death of everything because Peter Quill never becomes the Star-Lord and Ego, the living planet, is comes to get him and Star and Peter Quill has not been prepared for that. So I, 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 I don't – while yeah, what we're experiencing seems happier and brighter, the ending of that story – uh, in the second episode is going to be the death of the cosmos. But, yeah. you know, it does seem like they're important. setting things up, right? It does seem they, like they, they're setting they up for continuations. It, we don't actually see those events happen. So I'm, I want to see one of these stories where the switch is something that everything goes badly for most of the episode and then they can have their happy ending. It does not. It would not surprise me to find that you know they're they're lulling us into a lot of the fun right now, uh, to hit us with a big dark episode. But th let's talk about the thing that I just find amazing about this, and this is something only Disney can do, right? Is that they've got the same actors who play these characters in the Marvel movies voicing these characters in the cartoon. Some of them. Ch Chadwick Boseman voicing T'Challa in this blew my freaking mind. Yeah, they specifically, uh, I saw a couple interviews with like Michael Rucker and uh, how it affected him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just being able to be in uh, that one because he was never in a movie with him. Right. You know what surprised me the most about that, that second episode, voice-wise, since we're on this mm -hmm. voice conversation, is, you know, I thought... It, there were definitely more in the second episode than in the first that were from oh, yeah. the movie. Yeah, because, um, you know, Chris Evans did not voice Captain America in the first one. Yeah, which, I mean, honestly, you know, whatever. I mean, Chris <laughs> Evans, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Chris Evans as Captain America, but it's not like his voice is so memorable. It was, like, yeah. jarring. Um, I, I can tell you what was jarring is I'm watching it, and I'm at the second episode, and I'm like, ugh, they couldn't get anyone who sounded like Benicio Del Toro? <laughs> and, and then the credits roll, and it's straight up Benicio del Toro, uh -huh. and I'm like, wow, like okay, I, I, he must have been, he was doing something different with his voice for sure. He was doing something different. I, was, I did the same thing. I'm like, who did they get yeah. to play uh, the collector? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was to totally different than his voice in the movie, or whatever. Maybe it wasn't, and he just didn't talk enough in the movie. But but when I, loved I that heard when I heard Chadwick Boseman's voice, mm -hmm. I mean, I got it right in the throat. I mean, it just, it got me. And then, you know, the dedication at the end of it. I mean, again, I mean, that, and, you know, I get, you know, they're, they're playing on our, uh, our, our feelings about the actor and, and the film, but boy, it sure did get me in the middle of the feels. Yeah. So can, I'm going to make a prediction, sir. I'm going to predict that the season finale of the show is going to be a 
what if the Watcher saved the multiverse? Mm. And they're going to have each of these individual heroes they set up. Peggy Carter, Captain, uh, well, she's not Captain, Cha-Cha. Captain Carter. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Carter and uh, and Cha-Cha. And Cha-Cha. <laughs> and whoever they set up through the others come together as a team of Avengers in the final episode. That'd be interesting. I, I'd watch it. I mean, I know that Same. one of the episodes is going to be a Marvel Zombies one. They've, you know, yeah. obviously shown yeah. that one. I don't know what, you know, here's the thing, you know, they, I've seen the trailer, um, but I'm, I, I'm more, I'm comfortable not knowing anymore and going in yeah. and just understanding what the concept is when the show starts. Yeah. I am How really looking forward to the one with uh, Tony Stark and uh, Killmonger as buddies. Oh yeah, that's one of them. Um, How many I, episodes? I don't know. Eight, maybe? Because it's a shorter, it's a shorter. Um... I just can't get out. The production yeah. on these things is amazing. Yeah, I mean they they really do a good job, and the fact that you know Chadwick Boseman is playing Black Panther kind of goes to show you how long it's been. In the hopper, in the yeah. hopper, yeah, yeah. I don't know that they've maybe they've maybe they have said, but I, I I don't know that I've seen anywhere where they've specified the number of episodes. Well, Wikipedia, the McDonald's of knowledge, <laughs> says that it's nine episodes. Oh, well, there Even you go. Better. Even better. Yeah, I, I, I just am thoroughly enjoying it. And, you know, my problem is that there is so much good television right now. I don't have time to watch it all. Yeah. I mean, goodness. Well, you know, we, we're, we're so busy watching television. All we have to all we all we have time to talk about this week is one comic book from last week. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, Al Ewing and Javier Rodriguez uh, put out Defenders number one from Marvel Comics. You know, Wayne, did you read Defenders number one or was it just Aaron and I? Nope, I read it. All right. So Defenders is a concept I've always loved. You Mm -hmm. know, these characters who are kind of thrown together by fate. And, uh, you know, it's it's usually Doctor Strange and Silver Surfer are there. Um, You know, we've seen... I, I, I like the secret defenders when that came around, um, but the, the, yeah. you know we've got the latest iteration of the defenders. Uh, There's from, been various the- versions where something magical ties them together, even though they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. That's been a common trait of defenders teams is that they don't actually like each other. Yeah, yeah, and that's what yeah I kind of think that's kind of what separates them from the Avengers, right? Like the Avengers generally get along, the defenders not so much. Right. Well, and it's kind of an unteam, right? I mean, you know, they come together for a cause. They may or may not like each other. And, uh, uh, you know, they're active distrust among certain of their members. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but they go out and they do the job. Yeah. I love this book. I, I have always enjoyed the. Well, I can't say always because there have been some, some terrible Defenders yeah, books in the past. Yeah. But, but I, on the whole, I really appreciate the concept and, and really dig the books. Uh, I, 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 there was a run during the seventies that, that I, I found particularly enjoyable. And it was one of the first comics, one of the first superhero comics I read with, uh, Keith Geffen on pencils. Ooh. Uh, it's a terrific line where uh, one of the bad guys is a Nick Fury life model decoy. Uh, great. I mean, it's just such a, a, a nice way to just jump in the deep end of the Marvel universe when you're brand new reading comics. You're like, now, wait a minute. This is a good guy in this other book that I'm reading. <laughs> but it was this bad guy over here. I don't understand. And they don't they don't advertise that he's an LMD, right? I mean, you know, you have to read the entire arc to understand that. Anyway, I, 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 I do really enjoy the concept of the Defenders. So yeah, what did you part think? of oh, go ahead. I say Part of the appeal of a first issue of a Defenders book is seeing who the team's going to be. 
right mm-hmm. and how they're going to come together well this is an interesting team so we we've got uh dr strange we've got the masked what's his name masked rider uh-huh. um we've got the betty what's betty and veronica <laughs> no betty, <laughs> betty well, she was betty, betty banner betty, betty banner and yeah um, yeah. You know, who's now the Red Demon or the Red Devil instead of the Red She-Hulk. And or the Red Harpy. The Red I mean, Harpy, that's what it is. She, she's really, you know, uh, the Harpy villain from back in the day. Yeah. And uh, Silver Surfer and Cloud, which is, I guess, kind of a piece of eternity made yeah. form. Yeah. I, didn't, I was not familiar with some of these characters, but I liked all of them as they showed up, except I don't really have any attachment to Betty Banner in this form. <laughs> But I yeah. love this uh, masked writer guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was the only one who read Marvel Comics One Thousand, uh, which may be free on Comicsology Unlimited or something. I, I mean, it's it, it's it's certainly it, they go over the masked writer stuff and they even reference it in this book. Um, so I'd recommend reading that as a lead into this. Uh, it, I mean, you, clearly you can enjoy this book without it, but I think it lended a little bit more background on that character. Mm-hmm. I I thought this book was great. I thought the art was gorgeous i thought the art was was not just gorgeous but pitch perfect for the tone of the book Mm -hmm. you know it's got a real ditko vibe to it yep uh i and that that last page erma god yeah i i i thought there was a terrific energy in this book um and you know i I'm, I I have made no secret in the past of my love and adoration for Steve Ditko, and I always love it when an an artist brings that energy to telling a story involving Stephen Strange, and you know it's just it's nice to have that applied to a Defenders book. Um, the last page, you know, brings together that you know uh, Spider Man, Doctor Strange, Speedball sort of energy. Uh, that Ditko has mm. when we when we reveal Omnimax, um, I dug this book a lot. I, yeah, I, I I thought this was a super strong first issue. Well, the, and that character we meet on the uh, the page before that, uh, Cloud. No, oh, the future like cop lady. Yeah, she is a very Ditko design. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The whole the whole thing is just deeply inspired by Ditko, and I and I'm just like, God, this book is great. Yeah. <laughs> So it sounds like we're all recommending you pick up the Defenders, and I, I will definitely be picking up the second issue. Yeah, I, I mean, even though the book is mostly, you know, getting the band together and exposition heavy, I thought that every page was super dynamic. There's a terrific design aesthetic throughout the book mm-hmm. uh, that changes, you know, uh, when they introduce each new character. Um, I just, I, I just think this book's fantastic. I agree. Say, so, hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, speaking of the Defenders, a member of the Secret Defenders returns in an all-new Dark Hawk miniseries written by Kyle Higgins from Radiant Black and a bunch of other stuff. You know, I'll be getting issue one at least. Same here. I am all on top of that. So, mm. Dark Hawk issue one from Marvel Comics. Also, The Last Annihilation continues in the pages of Cable Reloaded issue one. Also written by Not- Al Ewing. I am not picking up a cable book. (laughs) (laughs) And um, a book that, you know, it's crazy to me because I feel like this book either releases three issues in one month or one issue every three months. Strange Academy issue 12 um, comes out uh, concluding the second arc of the book. 
now. Very good. From Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? I, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I thought you were done. No, no, because I have DC Comics. In DC Comics, we get the second issue of Icon and Rocket, uh, season one, that I will not be picking up, but Aaron might. Um, <laughs> Superman, <laughs> Son of Kal-El, issue two, from Tom Taylor. Uh, and Tom, John Timms comes out. Uh, and speaking of Superman, we also get Action Comics, issue 1034, because DC likes to release all their Superman books in one week. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> and, you know, in case that's not enough <laughs> Superman for you, Superman issue, Superman 78, continuing the, um, you know, kind of continuity of the original Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Uh, the first issue comes out next week as well. And I really hope I'm not as disappointed by that as I was the Batman one. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, Batman '89, not a good book. No, I'm gonna pick up. I'm gonna pick up issue two on Batman '89, but I'm definitely picking up issue one on Superman '78. And if that's not enough Superman for you, Tim Seeley and Sarah Beattie. Um, this this book was advertised in some of the uh, the books that DC books that we read this week. Um, Superman versus Lobo which is a black label uh, miniseries uh, starts uh, next week from DC comics as well. And, you know, I know you guys aren't reading Robin, but Robin issue five features a team up of all former Robins, including uh, Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, um, Damian Wayne, Tim Drake, and uh, spoiler, whatever her real name is. Stephanie, um, Brown. St- Stephanie Brown. Stephanie um, Brown, guest star uh, in in issue five of Robin from Joshua Williamson. I I'll read the preview pages because Steph's in there, but yeah, I don't know. I'm enjoying Robin. It, it's good, and I like the art, which you're you're so, not going to. I'll tell you what miniseries I'm excited for. I don't know when this is coming out, but the uh, in the books this week, all the DC books, mm-hmm. they advertised Batman versus Bigby, a wolf in Gotham. You know, I never read Fables, but I, I did notice that. I did. I read Fables. I dropped off of Fables around issue 50 or so, Mm -hmm. but I love that first trade, and I loved the book for quite a while before it, you know, before it lost me. So I'm excited for this crossover. I am definitely getting at least the first issue of it. Well, it's written by friend of funny books, Bill Willingham. Friend of funny books. You know, I I, uh, am not a big fan of Fables. I read the first couple of trades, and I I started off liking it, and then it just seemed like it was getting a little too precious. How can you say that about uh, our friend? I I love and adore him. Good. How about that? That's better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, we want to know what you you thought about this week's books. Or, you know, call and let us know that... You know, Paul's dad is also your dad. Uh, give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, we may pay for the paternity test. You never know. You never know. <laughs> you can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Hey, Paul, when's the family reunion? Uh, you know, I will, we'll, I'll, you, your invite's in the mail. I will bring the potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to say which family reunion because I, it sounds like Paul's dad gets around. Oh, <laughs> he might have to visit multiple family reunions. That's true. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.